Hey everyone, this is Achuta Bhava from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at our horoscopes for the month of October, and we are going to be focusing in particular on the upcoming solar eclipse in Scorpio, which takes place on October 25th. We're going to be looking at this month as though everything in the month is sort of building up to this particular moment. So we're going to take it through all 12 sun and rising signs and look at that whole sign house that the eclipse is going to fall into, give you a sense of what the month is building toward. <clears throat> I recommend listening to the sign that correlates with your birth chart's rising sign. I think that's always the most accurate because it corresponds with the actual uh, whole sign house arrangement of your birth chart. Um, but you could certainly... Um, you could certainly listen to your sun sign as well. The only way that that actually corresponds with your birth chart is if your sun sign is happens to also be in your first house. Uh, but anyway, that being said, um, before we get into it today, don't forget to like and subscribe. Drop a comment in the comment section and tell us what you think about these eclipses, um, this upcoming eclipse, I should say, and uh, your experience of that eclipse. You can always come back and share your story using the hashtag grabbed or email us a story about this eclipse grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. Really appreciate when you guys uh, send me your stories. I aggregate them and occasionally do a storytelling episode where I share all of the interesting ways in which the planets have shown up in your lives. Love those grabbed episodes. You can always find a transcript of any of my daily talks on the website. Uh, and let's go over there right now, nightlightastrology.com to <clears throat> promote my upcoming program. You go to the courses page, click on first year course. It is enrollment season again. New class starts on November 12th. It's coming up soon, and it's a one-year program in ancient astrology. Hear what some of the alumni have said about it while watching uh, one of the videos we have posted up there. It's 30 classes on the year. They meet on Saturdays starting November 12th. We meet for two to three hours at a time starting at noon Eastern time. If you can't make it live, you can always follow along with the recordings. All of the class material is uh, aggregated one lesson at a time with all the reading suggest suggested readings and optional homework and quizzes, bonus material. So you could take the course at your own pace, or you can follow along live with the webinars, whatever you prefer. Uh, we also have an interactive group forum discussion staffed with tutors so that you can always uh, find help throughout the program. You can also email me anytime. And uh, we have uh, breakout study sessions in between every major unit of study throughout the year. And those are also led by tutors so that you can uh, have some help learning the material. Um, there's also 12 guest lectures on the year, and it's a fantastic structured program. Toward the end of the program, uh, the, the last third of class, after we've studied all of the basic techniques and methods of natal delineation from the Hellenistic perspective, we bring in um, live clients, and you'll see me read for them, and then we break down those readings together. And it's a really, that's easily the, everyone's highlight of the program is usually that part, because it's really important to see what this actually looks like in practice and be able to ask questions as you're actually seeing a live reading. So um, yeah, so that's that's uh, coming up soon. Check out the early bird payment, saves you $500 off. There's a 12-month payment plan if you want to stretch it out over the course of a year. And of course, we always have need-based tuition, uh, which is there for you if you can't afford the course for one reason or another. Tell us about your situation. We'll be glad to try to help you out. Uh, and uh, yeah, looking forward to the new class starting soon. All right. Well, today we are getting into eclipse season. October brings the eclipses in the signs of Scorpio and Taurus back around, starting with a solar eclipse in Scorpio at the end of the month. Let's take a look at the eclipse first before we go into the horoscopes. I just want to say a few things for everyone to note about this eclipse. So first of all, there is the solar eclipse uh, happening on October 25th. One of the interesting things about this eclipse, you can see that 
this eclipse happens also uh, in a conjunction with the planet Venus. Um, that's actually really powerful. I'm going to actually back this up a little bit so that you can see what the moment of the eclipse looks like. So you're going to see at the time of the eclipse, there's a kind of like a triple conjunction between these three planets, the sun, moon, and Venus in Scorpio. It's a very powerful uh, astrological configuration for an eclipse, especially if you have anything at that you know, sort of one, two, three degree mark of a fixed sign, especially Scorpio. You have a planet at that early first two, three degrees of Scorpio. This is going to be a very powerful eclipse for you. But either way, um, this is an eclipse, a solar eclipse that's uh, like a mega powerful new moon. It's a simple way of thinking about it. And the south node of the moon configuration, you'll see that the the new moon is in proximity to that south node. So we get a so partial solar eclipse because of that. And that um, that doesn't really change the, the nature of the eclipse. I mean, the, some people would say that the, the more full or total the eclipse, the more powerful it is. But either way, um, it is a solar eclipse, which usually means that there is a seed being planted. But that seed may come also at the cost of some very powerful and sometimes uh, challenging um, circumstances that are that are changing or shifting around you. So you could say that it is a moment of, of uh, a new beginning, but one that may come about through uh, some hardship or, or, or through some difficulty or through, you know, the, the catharsis that is so common for Scorpio. Scorpio is a sign that uh, Mars ruled water sign. And it is, um, it can be quite nuclear. You know, the, the intensity, emotionality, the way in which we're confronted with uh, shadows and darkness uh, or that which lies in the unconscious, uh, that which we have to face, we have to face intense or difficult emotions. And this is, has a real Venusian signature behind it, which means it can, it can bring uh, close relationships, sexuality, romance and love, marriage. Um, it can also bring in the element of creativity and the arts, uh, sensuality and beauty. Um, and it, so th there's a real dark, intense signature around Venusian things. By dark, I don't mean bad. I just mean dark. And that, that darkness can be um, life-giving. It can be life-supporting, but it can also mean that we have to get in touch with things that are... Um, not as visible to us, that, that there's something about this eclipse that may put us in touch with the invisible, the dark or the unconscious. And it probably will also simultaneously involve uh, Venusian things. So uh, a very, but a very powerful uh, transformational eclipse um, coming up. So just to say a few words about that, this, then there's a lunar eclipse that's coming in November. We're going to talk about that one later in the month of October. For now, we're just going to focus on on this one today. Well, with that in mind, we are going to now go through our 12 sun and rising sign horoscopes and just take a look at the whole sign house in which the eclipse is falling in order to get a sense of what might be coming. And we'll, we will do that for each sign and just say a few brief words. Aries, sun, or rising if you are an Aries sun or rising, you will find that this eclipse is landing in your eighth house. Now, what is there to say about the eighth house? 
Well, one thing that we can say about the eighth house solar eclipse with Venus, c considering, remember that Venus is your seventh house ruler, Mercury has just been retrograde in your seventh house, and so on, is that there may be some very deep level of change uh, with regard to what you share with other people. What is shared or what is owed to you or from you? Um, this is a place that probably speaks to a very deep level of bonding, but one that involves a give and take of something. Uh, my time, my energy, my resources, my priorities, and yours. How do they meet and mingle? How are they obligated to one another? How are they bonding together at a deeper level? With a new moon, you get the feeling of new sort of uh, emotional and psychological bonds that are being developed, or maybe financial or uh, some kind of a bond that is an exchange of resources. Uh, that comes to mind. Also, the facing of fears and the nature of uh, change and, and looking at, uh, you know, how do we deal with the need for change in relationships? So <clears throat> sometimes a solar eclipse in this place will bring a new relationship. Other times it will bring a new relationship or a new type of the, the need for a new type of relationship in light of an old one that's not working. So you also have in, in general in this uh, place, uh, the idea of who and uh, how we are obligated to other people. And that's changing somehow right now if you're in Aries rising. So those are the first things, you know, main things I have to say about the eighth house for my Aries people out there this month. Let's move this along to Taurus rising. So if you're Taurus rising or sun sign, uh, you're looking at um, sun horoscopes for Taurus or rising sign horoscopes, then the eclipse falls in the eighth house. And this is the quintessential house of love, relationships, and marriage and, uh, and sexuality. And so you would look at this house and you would say, okay, you know, there's something new that's cooking here. Uh, it's pretty intense and powerful, may not be altogether easy, uh, but there is a transformation when it comes to who I love or how I love the nature of a relationship and how it's changing or evolving, uh, someone new entering my life. Um, it could bring, you know, could bring with it a very intense feeling of desire. Venus and Scorpio, along with the solar eclipse, feels as though, um, you know, it could bring with it the intensity of, of a very sudden and unexpected love affair. Uh, but it also, you know, it could be about <clears throat> something new that's happening for a spouse, sparse, a spouse or partner. So what is, you know, the seventh house, if it, if it indicates or relates to the spouse, then a solar eclipse in that house will bring about changes in the life of a spouse or partner. <clears throat> so don't be surprised if this eclipse just means that something significant is changing with regard to uh, the, the person that you're with. Now, this could also be about the pursuit of pleasure or happiness in relationships, broadly speaking, it doesn't you doesn't necessarily limited to people who are in relationships or about to get in one or getting out of one or something like that. But there's a very strong emphasis in the seventh house on the pursuit of pleasure. Indian astrologers called the seventh house kama, which literally means pleasure, and so the pursuit of uh, joy, happiness, leisure. Um, that there's something new developing in that area, and you're looking 
perhaps very closely at what constitutes healthy versus unhealthy pleasure, appetite, desire, what kinds of desires get you into trouble, which kinds of desires lead you into a more meaningful life. So I would be looking at those things for Taurus. Uh, sun and rising, big changes around the area of love and relationships. All right, well, <clears throat> let's go to Gemini sun and Gemini rising horoscopes. This is going to place the eclipse into your sixth house. <clears throat> now, the sixth house is a place of work, service, sacrifice. It's a place that um, is often associated with the frustrating labor that comes before the satisfaction of completing something. It is a house that also is associated with conflict, disease, sickness, uh, and drudgery. Uh, when you have a solar eclipse in this house, it can be a simple indication that there is a great work that you are beginning or that there, you're going to commence work on something. Now, with the Ven Venusian signature, I would also look at the potential for um, a, a conflict that is rising to the surface. But this conflict may clarify something or bring you um, a, a sense of who your, who your allies and friends are and who they aren't. I think it's interesting that at the same time this is happening in your sixth house, Jupiter is finishing its uh, retrograde in Aries in your 11th house, a Mars-ruled sign, while Mars is about to turn retrograde in your first house. It's as though identity, friendship, and um, questions of community or who your allies are or are not is going to be really important. I could also say that this may have something to do with your health or your personal uh, appearance or vitality, that there may be some shift around your health or identity that's happening right now. Um, and that would be due to the fact that the dispositor of this eclipse is Mars turning retrograde in your first house of appearance, health, um, and vitality. So I wonder about health and a turning point in health, appearance, beauty, um, but also I wonder about how you're changing and what kinds of conflicts you're addressing um, and and uh, trying to almost like the, the goal is to sort out who I can count on, who I like and don't like and, or, or how I need to change in order to be more likable or to get along with people or, um, the kind of feedback that I'm getting from my social interactions and how it's creating a, a personal in, you know, internal shift. It's kind of like, you know, you hang around certain people at work or, you know, different groups or your social life. And eventually you go, I don't know that I'm like them, or I don't know that they're like me, you know, enough. It, it, it's not quite what I'm looking for. So I, I look at those kinds of things right now for Geminis as well. All right, let's go forward and put Cancer on the Ascendant. If you're a Cancer Sun or Rising, then this eclipse is taking place in your fifth house. Now, in a water sign, in a solar eclipse, I would say that at least one major possibility is that of... Um, uh, pregnancy and or something involving children if you have them an important turning point in your child's development or an imp important turning point in in the way that you're trying to address or or care for or uh, nurture your children uh, something like that uh, getting pregnant itself would be on the radar with especially with the fertility uh, of water signs like this in the fifth house of pregnancy but also it has to do with joy and happiness and it has to do with uh, sex and pleasure. Fifth house is called the joy of Venus and the house of good fortune, which means things that are pleasing and uh, fortunate. 
I like this eclipse for cancers in terms of fortunate, positive energy coming in, joyful energy coming in, but it does have, it also has to do with acknowledging or being able to work with uh, some of the shadows around what pleases. You know, Cancerians can be maternal, doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman or however you may identify, the maternal instinct is often there in Cancer Risings. Fifth house solar eclipse with Venus and Scorpio feels a little bit more self-indulgent. And that might be a good thing. Sometimes it's important to set aside, you know, the the nurturing tendency if it is overlooking, you know, uh, a, like your own pleasure or happiness. And so I would I would look for also the the getting in touch with what brings joy or happiness or pleasure um, that is harder for you to access somehow. But you need to. Um, this could also be the kind, I mean, I don't think, um, I'm sure not too many people out there are dealing with this, but sometimes this is the kind of transit in the fifth house where you have to get control of some kind of desire because it's running rampant like an addiction. Anyway, so those are a few things that come to mind for the uh, cancer sun and rising signs. Let's go ahead and move to Leo. So if you're a Leo sun or rising, then this is taking place, this eclipse is taking place in your fourth house. That's the place of home, family, parents, ancestral and family karma, your living environment. Uh, this is the place that uh, has to do with roots and foundations. So I look at Leo Risings and I think, okay, well, this has a lot to do with, you know, how you feel at home, uh, where you feel at home, uh, who you feel at home with, and some pretty significant changes that are happening uh, around the roots. Could you be moving or relocating? Could something about the living environment need to shift? Could there be a pretty big change with regard to family karma, births in the family, deaths in the family, uh, divorces or marriages in the family, the birth of children in the family, not just yours, but maybe extended family? Could there be something here about real estate or land or property that's coming up? Um, could there also be something to do with um, just making a change within your existing home or family structure? Could this be about your private or inner life and just making your home space uh, more accommodating for, for yourself somehow? Um, but those are the kinds of things that I would watch for as well as the karma around marriage, family, home, parents uh, being rather pronounced. I think it could be that there is some challenge around these topics, especially marriage, given that Saturn is also just turned direct in your seventh house. It's like there's a shift maybe that's both family and marriage oriented. Um, I could see that being uh, quite important. The solar eclipse also when it's your, when your ascendant is Leo, the sun is your ascendant ruler, which means that this, this eclipse is very personal. It's about a very personal change that you're going through with regard to that sphere, the, the, to the sphere of home and family. All right, well, let's go on to Virgo sun and rising. Now this places the eclipse into your third house. And I think here about a shift or change in culture, a shift or change in terms of the uh, environment that you live in that's common and familiar to you. The third house was associated with our culture, with our roots and with the environment that we're in when it comes to the psychology of the environment, the attitudes, behaviors, and patterns of the environment, which is why it's easy to just sort of say that the third house has something to do with the, the culture uh, around you. Now, when you look at a solar eclipse in the third house, 
generally you're thinking that there's a culture change coming. Something about the daily grind or the daily patterns or something about the environment in which you're in is about to shift or change. This could be because someone, let's call it Venus, a relationship, is coming into your life that has a different set of values or a different cultural background or experience. And it's as though you have to open yourself up to or invite in um, something that you're attracted to but is very different from how you think or feel. So I would look for this to be like a, a culture shift or a um, the, the, some some new something that you are interested in, but it's also somewhat foreign or different, or it brings in an element of drama, or it shakes things up a little bit. It's like there's a, <clears throat> for example, I've seen you know Venus in Scorpio in the third house representing um, clients who have uh, mixed marriages. Like I'm from one part of the world and you're from another part of the world, and so we have mixed cultures. Um, mixed racial backgrounds, mixed um, religious beliefs, something like that. Uh, so I wouldn't be surprised if there was the commingling of some new elements of thought or culture or people or relationships that are shifting your thinking. Could also be that there's something new that you need to communicate or express uh, in mind, thought, word, speech, media. Those tend to be third house signatures as well. Um, but it's also about allowing yourself to be attracted to what you're attracted to, as this could also, uh, especially for Virgo's Virgo rising, not like it's a sign that doesn't have the greatest relationship with Venus. And so, you know, just allowing yourself to love and be attracted to what you love is going to be maybe an important theme this month. All right, let's move ahead to the Libra sun and rising horoscope. <clears throat> so here we have the eclipse falling into the second house. Now that second house is associated with money, but more broadly speaking, time, money, energy, and resources, both income and expenditures. Um, I love this eclipse for the starting of uh, either the development of new skills, tools, abilities, and resources within yourself, things that you're cultivating, because this is your ascendant ruler, Venus, uh, conjoined with the solar eclipse in the second house. So there's this kind of new beginning, but it's it's about identity and resources shifting somehow. And that resource can be an internal one, like I'm good at, you know, cutting hair or I'm, I'm learning astrology or whatever the case might be. Um, so the development of new skills, new resources, maybe new streams of revenue, some shift around money or finances, some shift around resources that you rely on. Oh, I, what do I have that I can rely on to help me, whether it's a person or a value, or a practice, or a skill, um, or money in the bank account. There's a shift here, or a reorientation of values, you could say, and it may affect business or finances, but it's probably also deeply personal. And I say that as well, because Mercury has just been retrograde in your first house, and this eclipse involves your ascendant ruler, Venus. Um, you're seeing, you know, Mars is in the ninth house in your, uh, in, in your horoscope as well, about to turn retrograde in the house of higher education. Could you be about to invest some money in learning something? You know, so something like that comes to my mind. All right, well, that is for my Libra sun and risings. Let's go on to Scorpio. If you're a Scorpio sun or rising sign, this is going to fall, this eclipse does, in your first house. Now, the first house, uh, that's all about identity, psychology, character, 
uh, and uh, physical appearance and vitality. A Venus-themed eclipse in this house strikes me as one that could be about aesthetics, like a new wardrobe, a new appearance, uh, maybe starting to get, um, you know, some cosmetic work done or uh, even just a new style. But there's something new that's emerging. It's like, and, and it probably has both a physical and external component. I want to show something new to other people. And also, it, but that is going to be reflective of some kind of in, internal change that's appearing. So, and maybe it's more one than the other. Maybe it's more, you know, external than internal. But usually in the first house, the external changes we're making to the way we appear or the way we look or our health or our bodies is related to a way in which we are changing psychologically. And so I would look for this to be both existential and physical in nature. Now, could this also have something to do with love, sex, romance, beauty, and what we desire, what pleases us? Yeah, because if you're Scorpio rising, this is, uh, after all, this is uh, a, a, an eclipse that features Venus, a, a goddess related to pleasure. So I would look for those things to become clarified this month as well. What do I want? What makes me happy? What doesn't make me happy? Uh, how can I change my appearance or look? How can I change the relationship of my, with my physical body? Uh, and so on. <clears throat> All right. So let's go on to Sagittarius sun and rising signs. So if you're Sagittarius sun or rising sign horoscope, we have this congregation of the solar eclipse with Venus in your 12th house. Now, for me, the solar eclipse in the 12th house is interesting because it basically can go in one of two ways. One, it introduces an element of, like, let's just call it destructiveness or waywardness, or uh, it, it presents with us, it starts to introduce a destructive or um, an, an element of, what's the word I'm looking for? Something that will slowly start to degrade or lead us astray. So you want to be super vigilant this month in terms of noticing energies, people, themes, patterns, choices that are starting to establish themselves that will gradually gnaw away at you and take you down. By that, I mean, take you down to a not so good place. So be careful of that. That's a real, real warning in my mind. On the other hand, what's amazing about a solar eclipse in the 12th house is that it can start to make us aware of exactly those things that have been there, but we haven't been aware of. Oh, the people, places, patterns, thoughts, and they could be subtle. It doesn't have to be like, well, I'm, I'm, you know, drinking a bottle of whiskey a day or something. I mean, it could be that big, but for most of us, you know, we're not, um, you know, probably our, our most self-destructive patterns are probably subtle, you know, and not the biggest deal in the world, but becoming aware of them is so important because that also means if they're subtle and not a huge deal, but they're sort of pervasive that you can make changes maybe somewhat easily. For example, maybe you cut back from three cups of coffee to one. Uh, maybe you get one extra hour of sleep. Uh, maybe you spend a little bit of time in prayer meditation every day then because you, you got off track and you're realizing that it's starting to have an effect on you. Whatever it is, it's about bringing awareness to our blind spot. And that's what I would look for as the positive. On the other hand, again, the negative would be something that's starting to grow in our blind spot and the eclipse can give you a hint. Stay, stay aware of it. I would also wonder about how this change is indicated around love, relationships, marriage, sexuality, because you have Mars about to retrograde in your seventh house of relationships, while Venus is also at the center of that eclipse in the 12th house. So watch for challenges around love, relationships, and intimacy as well, um, the, the kind of undermining 
things happening in a relationship or, you know, watch for things that are sort of quietly growing and becoming problematic in relationships as well. All right, <clears throat> let's go on to Capricorn. So Capricorn, sun or rising signs, you get the eclipse in your 11th house. In the 11th house, we're talking about friends, allies, groups, community. Uh, we're talking about our hopes, wishes, and dreams. One thing that I love about this eclipse, since Venus is your 10th house ruler, is that a solar eclipse here uh, with Venus could indicate that there are new allies, new hopes or ambitions, and new networking opportunities that are growing for you right now. Um, you know, with Saturn also finishing up a long stay in your second house, it feels to me like some new ideas could be growing that essentially start to transition you out of a more contractive, heavier period around money and business, uh, around career and finances. It's going to take some time and there's like a long implementation period where you, you may have to revise or redo things. And I'm seeing that with Mars about to retrograde in your sixth house as well. But essentially, I look at that solar eclipse and I say, new people, new dreams, new aspirations, slowly growing, uh, maybe a shift of priorities, how you're doing things, a period of, of needing to revise, especially if you're meeting new people or wanting to collaborate or work with new people. But um, if you kind of stick with it over time, uh, you know, it, it's as though, well, one thing to remember is that the 11th house Everything in the 11th house is in the process of rising up to the top of the chart. So these dreams, ambitions, things that are slowly forming that may require new or reworking of relationships professionally or approaches or strategies professionally or financially, that in, in time they rise to the top and you'll see the manifestation. I would say probably in the next six months or so. So that is, <clears throat> to me, in addition to potentially looking at some challenges or conflicts around uh, friends or colleagues or, you know, professional dynamics and, and some maybe um, having to mediate some differences of opinion or different values around uh, the workplace. Uh, I think that this this one looks pretty exciting in terms of the long term um, goals and dreams that are about to start, uh, you know, like lo long term plans and visions that are like, OK, now we're going to we're going to start working on this new thing. OK. Well, we go next to Aquarius, Sun, and Rising. And if you're an Aquarius, Sun, or Rising, this one's exciting. It's happening in your career house. Uh, there's a bunch of other things that I think are worth paying attention to around this eclipse in your chart as well. We'll start with the 10th. So solar eclipse with Venus in the 10th house. I would say, you know, anything that's growing around business, work, your reputation, status, and career and a, a solar eclipse would typically mean some pretty big change. It could be a job change, a title change, a, a change of direction professionally that's going to establish itself, a change within a company, a change of bosses, something like that. You also have the potential with Saturn in your first house for there to be almost like, you know, you're finishing up a long period of having your ascendant ruler in your first house, a, a critical period of self-evaluation, maturing, growing older. Saturn's then going to go into Jupiter's sign in your second house by March. So this eclipse is almost paving the way for some more profound personal and professional changes that probably also uh, transform your financial situation by the springtime. So that is uh, that's what I'm seeing for uh, Aquarius, excuse me, Aquarius risings. 
And though, I guess one more thing to say would be just notice that with Venus there conjoined the solar eclipse that, you know, Venus is in her detriment in Scorpio, a little bit of drama potentially around love and relationships or, um, you know, the workplace it, relationships in the workplace uh, in particular come to mind, a theme of women in power or women in leadership come to mind as well. Okay, well, last but not least, we have our Pisces sun and rising signs. And <clears throat> this is going to place the solar eclipse into the ninth house. Um, this is exciting because this solar eclipse in the ninth house, a place that was associated with higher wisdom and truth, would often suggest, especially with the south node of the moon, which for Indian astrologers had a pretty spiritual connotation, um, that could mean that there's a new, almost like a spiritual or, or new religious chapter in your life that's opening up. Um, new spiritual experiences or community, new teachers or mentors, um, development or transformation of existing beliefs. Uh, you could also be returning to school or um, learning or studying something brand new that is you're very passionate about. And I wonder if based on the fact that at the exact same time that this is happening, um, Jupiter, after the eclipse, is going to go from the second house back into the first. Maybe there's some simultaneous consideration of how you want to earn money. And the ninth house is, is lo looking at the connection between uh, what I believe or what, I, what my beliefs or convictions are and how I'm earning money in the world. And, and the need for those two things to come together in a, in a deeper way. And this is just the beginning of that, perhaps. Um, I think that there's also going to be that whatever you're facing here in the ninth house around beliefs, wisdom, learning, higher education. Um, remember, Saturn in March is going to be entering your first whole sign house in Pisces, at which point it's as though you know, many times when Saturn enters the first house, especially in Pisces, a Jupiterian sign, you become much more committed and serious about the things that you believe. Um, and so I, I think that, that this transformation of beliefs and convictions, um, looking deeply at your values and, and ethics, uh, that, that, that's about to have, that there's, there's a shift happening and it's about to have a really profound impact on your life. It could be that you're also going through a period where you're calling beliefs into question and may need to wander or explore for a little bit without a clear sense of where you're going or what comes next. And you just kind of have to trust that if that's the case, uh, that you, you won't be lost forever. You know, sometimes we have to little wander for a little bit, call things into question, and then allow for ourselves to slowly live in, in or hug the question mark, as they say, and uh, see what happens. I could see that being a part of uh, this transformation as well. Again, that would be the eclipse in the ninth, followed several months later with Saturn entering your first, where it'll stay for several years and place upon you the burden of what are my beliefs and how do I live in accord with them? How do they rule and structure my life? Um, how do I give devotion and commitment to them? Those kinds of questions are about to be huge for you. And I think they follow off this eclipse and Saturn eventually entering your home sign if, of Pisces in March. All right. Well, <clears throat> that is what I have for all 12 signs today. Uh, thank you guys for listening. I hope that you guys have a wonderful month of October. Uh, we'll be going over the astrology of the entire month of October um, as well. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, my, my normal camera's battery, I forgot to plug it in. So I'm using my old school web camera today. Uh, so thanks for putting up with the grainy quality. 
Um, and yeah, uh, don't forget as well that um, we have the registration coming up on November 12th. Hop into my next online course, my one-year program in ancient astrology. Uh, it is a really awesome program, a lot of really good content there. Um, and you can find it at my website, nightlightastrology.com, under the courses page. It starts November 12th. I hope to see some of you in class soon. All right, that's what I've got. I hope you guys are having a great week.